Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 80. Let's roll. And here we are in uh, in the in the wee hours of the night. Me and Michael P. Duncan doing a home show. But I, I wanted to say something real quick. You know, Michael, I don't know. I'll introduce you in a second. But, you know, I had a, I had a friend, Michael Liu, who's been on this show. Many people know Michael Liu. And, and um, you know, he's a brilliant mind and, uh, you know, a shit talker. I love him for that. You know, he doesn't take no shit. He's out there, you know, just being condescending on the Twitter streets, which I love. And, you know, he's still going to do that. But he, he's taking a step back from, from, from fantasy football. And I just want to give him a shout out because he's a really dope analyst and a and I know every single show I ever did with Michael and everybody who was a fan of his <clears throat> had so much respect for him. We here at the Undroppables have so much respect for Michael Liu and what, the work he's done, you know, with the Wolf Pack. And, uh, of course, that big dog got to eat with over there with Nick Ercolano. I'm sure, you know, it's, it, they're sad to see him go. So just a little little shout out to Michael Liu. Cheers, brother. Um, and and uh, let's bring let's bring out Michael P. Duncan. Michael P. Duncan. Y'all know Michael P. Duncan. The greatest podcast producer on all the land and a merely average podcaster here joining me tonight, Michael P. Duncan. What's up, buddy? You know, I think I might uh, take a note out of Bruce Arians' book and just kind of retire at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) On the spot. Yeah, Yeah, with an intro like that, why wouldn't I? (laughs) I called you a mediocre podcaster. What a jerk. I am such a jerk. I might just edit it out. Who knows? (laughs) Right. I mean, you're such a good podcast host. You can just make me say something like, I'm the best, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's how good you are. By now, I have to have you saying at least, you know, enough oh. words to make you say whatever I want. If you I have a lot of it. nonsense. I mean, think about the stuff that makes it on the air. Think about the stuff that doesn't, folks. I mean, boy, oh boy. Yeah, that's a that's a highlight reel that I'm sure people are begging to hear. Uh, and let's just put it this way. Never should. No, the the blackmail is absolutely in effect. He uh, he owns me is what he's trying to say. Am I right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of owning people, it sounds like Tom Brady owns Bruce Arians because I swear this whole thing happened, you know, just as Bill Simmons foresaw. He was talking about this, man. As soon as Brady retired, you know, I, I said it on this podcast. It didn't sound like a retirement to me. It sounded like a goodbye to Tampa Bay. And then, you know, there were rumblings at that time. And, you know, the, Bill Simmons had said it. He had heard that uh, Tom wanted to play for San Francisco or maybe Miami. Um, there was actually some ownership stake in Miami, I guess, because they're selling the team or whatever. But, you know, so there was some rumblings about that. And then Bruce Arians comes out with, I guess, the support of ownership there and says, you're not playing anywhere else but right here, you know, and uh, because they owned his rights and they weren't going to trade him. So sure enough, what does he do? He comes back and he comes back for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And as soon as he does that, Bill Simmons again pipes up and says, um, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that Bill Arians might not be the coach. And, you know, weeks go by and nothing happens. And then, boom. Tonight, Bruce Arians, quote unquote, retires. Let's just put it this way. This was a him or me type of situation with Brady not really liking Arians, I believe, because let's face it, this was not Arians' decision. Uh, you agree with me here? I actually don't. Nice. I, I I don't agree with you. I 
like so I I was saying this behind the scenes, you know, when we were uh, setting up and everything, but like Ashley, my co-host on the playbook, um, texted me. I wasn't paying attention to Twitter and just said, oh, my God, Bruce Arians. So instantly I'm like, holy shit, did he die? Like, and I only say that because he's very old and I see him losing his shit every weekend yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, it looks like, like a heart attack waiting for, to happen, yeah. for sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure I would have a heart attack. Like, I, And I'm not, you know, a 70-year-old man or whatever. Um, but no, he just retired and that's fine. I I kind of just think it is partly more due to health. Uh, it, like, he's not going to say that. And i do not not saying he's in bad health, but I think like, hey, maybe this is a good time for me to step away. Because, I mean, a lot of people were saying that he'd probably retire alongside Brady, but he had already given his word that he was going to be back when Brady retired. So, you, so guys I kinda... can see, you guys can see how nice a guy Michael P. Duncan is. He just can't believe that Brady would come in and swing the sword. But that's what happened, man. Brady came in, chopped his fucking head off, and said, you're out. And, I mean, I'm sure it was not quite like that, but I'm pretty sure that the the rumblings that we heard from some of the people who were in the know that there was at least a rift between Brady and Arians, which was part of the reason he didn't want to come back. Maybe he had a little bit of a backdoor assurance that they were going to pressure his ass out. I don't know. I don't know any of this, but, you know, what is it? Occam's razor. You know, the simplest solution is usually the answer. Dude, all the stars aligned for me to just say that that's what happened. But, hey, maybe Bruce just didn't want a chance at a Super Bowl victory again and just wanted to hang it up with the greatest quarterback in the twilight of his career. You might be right. I mean, chances are we'll never know. Like, I mean, the most important takeaway here, honestly, I think is that Todd Bowles is the new head coach. I mean, that's something that – and I will always give Bruce credit for this. Like, he has always preached the – importance of hiring minorities and allowing them to you know advance within the organization but also interview for elsewhere like i believe all of his coordinators were minority yeah left um men and yeah like left which is the offensive coordinator and yeah. Bowles is the defensive and you know it just you know it, it it's nice to see that he was very like it, it, i he had a statement that he put out not too long ago and i read i read it through for the most part and um, he said, uh, I don't know the exact quote, but basically, you know, he wanted to make sure that Bowles was given a chance to succeed. A lot of head coaches are put in positions where they can't succeed. Probably a lot like Todd Bowles the last time he was a head yeah, coach for the Jets. Sure. Um, and I believe he signed like a five-year contract, but I, I it, you know, I don't know. It's good. I'm excited yeah. to see Todd Bowles as a head coach. I think it's important for the league and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. For sure. End of the day. <clears throat> I think it's going to be, I guess, better for the for the, I almost said the Patriots, man. Wow. I just see Tom Brady. I'm like, <clears throat> but yeah, I think it's better for them. But, um, you know, enough about, you know, the sad, you know, uh, Bruce Aarons. Let's talk about the happy uh, Dynasty League football that we're just kind of going through right now. I mean, it is the offseason. We're getting closer to the draft. I know the Undroppables are going to have a contingency at the NFL draft, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, yep. You know, the mansion on the hill with the, you know, or, or just a, a shitty hotel downtown, whatever one or the other, we're either going to have a mansion or a shitty hotel downtown. Not sure where we'll be broadcasting from, but yeah. Uh, NFL draft, Las Vegas, here we come. Um, but I get excited about this every time this year. It's just, you start to get more and more familiar with not just the, the fantasy football prospects, but all the prospects and the draft. We do an annual, I suppose one annual, this will be second annual, our mock draft where we do a live mock draft, we pick for each team. We're certainly doing that again. Cause that was fun as hell. Um, you know, 
And it's just the best time of year. I mean, I just did a startup draft. I know a lot of you guys are in startup drafts. It's just a great time of year. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get into that and have a lot of fun talking about that. Michael and I sent out a little uh, a, a little tweet today asking for some questions. I thought we got some pretty cool questions, so we'll do some listener questions, and we'll probably start it off there and uh, you know let Michael sort of take it over, and, and, and we'll kind of go from there and, and bounce off some of those questions. Michael, what, what, what did the people want to know? So uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to uh, give a shout out to a uh, friend of the pod, guy that I was lucky enough to meet in person when I was in England watching uh, American football. Um, that is a Dirk Vandenberg, and he asked, what should rebuilding teams in need of a QB need to do with this year's draft picks? Basically, he wants to know, should you try and get your quarterback this year, or should you trade into the future, into 2023, when there's supposedly a stronger, you know, in theory, quarterback class? It's a great question, isn't it? It is. It's, I mean, it's basically dynasty fantasy football in a nutshell, where yeah. it's, you know, player now pick later yeah exactly and and i will say that this look if you're drafting today boy i'm not i don't have a single league where i'm drafting today um so i don't i don't know exactly what i would do today um and so if the advice is about today man i'd almost punt i don't know i i I don't know if i have great advice my general advice is to definitely wait (laughs) do not make such a strident decision now like right now is the time where we try to figure it out too quickly. We try to think, Oh, I'm taking Kenny Pickett. It's like easy, easy now, easy now. Let's just see where the fuck Kenny Pickett goes. You know, let's see what happens. What I would rather do is have a little bit of an understanding of what I think of each of these players so that you don't make the Clyde Edwards Hilaire mistake, right? Yep. You know, the Clyde Edwards Hilaire mistake was made by many. And, you know, a lot of people, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 1.01 crowd won't show themselves anymore. And I don't blame them. You know, they're just going to be like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember that draft. But all the JT truthers will tell you where they're at, including myself. We always we always uh, yell about that. But the but the lesson in that was that if you had looked at many people's rankings, even the people who love CH, I mean, there was a few who might have had his ass up there, but I'm talking like two to five percent of of analysts, <clears throat> excuse me, had uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the top one or two backs in that class. Most people had him five, six, seven. Uh, we were calling him a sleeper. And then he gets drafted in the first round by the Kansas City Chiefs, and now he's the 1.01. That's where what you want to be careful with. If, if you don't think Kenny Pickett is the best quarterback ever, and all of a sudden he gets picked at Car- by, by Carolina at six, and he's the only quarterback taken in the top 20, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth the 1.01. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but probably not still. I, I, you know, you still have to kind of weigh all these things out. Landing spot, draft capital, you know, where they end up going. I mean, you know, what if, I mean, this is not going to happen, I promise you, but what if Brees Hall gets drafted to the Colts? You know, it's like, well. You know, I was actually, I don't know why I was thinking about that the other day. And then, like, I had, like, a brain aneurysm. Because I don't even know. I don't know what I don't know what I would do. I think I would just cry and quit all of my leagues. <laughs> I mean, that sounds miserable. Yeah, it's awful. And it's not probable at all. But there's no. a lot of spots where you could go where it's murky and 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 not fun. You know what I mean? Washington behind Gibson, you're like, "Wait, what? Wait, what? I, you know, what do I do?" 
this might be the single one of the single worst years to be a draftable running back that I recall in recent years, specifically for, you know, incoming rookies. Like yeah. I feel like there's always been a couple spots. Yeah, at there's least no clear a pathway. couple spots. Yeah. Now like Atlanta even the even the ones that are like spots. I mean, there's like three, and none of them you feel good about. I right. mean, Miami, they just signed Chase Edmonds yep. and Raheem Mostert. Miles Gaskin is their new head coach. Okay, that's probably the best. You it is the, the best. Jets, but, where yeah. there's Michael Carter. Yep. Showed some talent, but if a guy gets higher draft capital, you know, who knows? And Atlanta, I don't want a running back from Atlanta. <laughs> right, exactly. I desperately don't. And also, yeah. if Atlanta uses a high-round pick on a running back, fire Everyone, exactly. You have no one on your roster except <laughs> right. a tight end. Good right. lord! Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it's like when you start to so when we start to think of it now, we don't know where he's going to go and when he when when and where they all do get drafted. It's going to be exciting and fun, which is why we love the draft in the first place. It's like when CD went to Dallas. Y'all remember he wasn't going to Dallas. There was no chance he was going to Dallas. Don't remind me. Sorry. But, you know, there was no chance he was going down. But that was an exciting pick. It was like, oh, shit, he's going to Dallas. You know, so, you know, you never know exactly what's going to happen. You know, uh, pour, pour some more salt. We didn't think that uh, Rager was going to go over Jefferson Thanks. in that same draft. The worst welcome. part is, is I did. <laughs> I will never hide from that. I wanted the Eagles <laughs> to draft Jalen Rager. I loved Jalen Rager coming out. I didn't hate the pick either at the time. I'm on record. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I thought they were both good prospects. I probably yeah. liked uh, Jefferson as much as Rager, but I was like, oh, that's cool. What a neat fit. I love Rager. Good for him. And I sort of liked him because Ray G was his boy. And I was like, oh, yep. go get it, man. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch him be good. <clears throat> Wrong. It would so, be fun to watch him be good. I would thoroughly would, enjoy it. It would be fun to watch him be good. I don't think we're ever going to get that chance ever again. But these are all the points that, right. that, that, that we make, right? Like, you know, the running backs are the easiest ones to figure out for the most part in terms of skill set. And even the ones that feel like they're drafted to a tough spot, i.e. even like Javante last year behind Melvin Gordon, these things usually work themselves out. So unless it's a real conundrum, like I just mentioned with JT, the running backs will work themselves out. And then the other thing we're looking at is the high draft capital quarterback. So I don't know where these quarterbacks are going to get drafted. So to answer the original question, it's like, well, if they're drafted, you know, we're not we're not going to see, the, the, you know, last year all over again where there's five taken no. in the top 15. Not going to happen. But, you know, which ones are going to go where and at what pick? You know, I mean, we're still a ways away. So if you're not picking right away, I would wait. In general, though, I've said this repeatedly. If you can trade a mid-round pick this year for a 23 first plus next year, you should probably do that, especially if you can afford to do that. And if you can't afford to do that, then you really can't afford not to do that, I guess is the point. Like if you absolutely need the player, then you are rebuilding. So sometimes these luxury picks – I. I go back and my my dynasty nemesis will remember the trade like nothing else. But I used to love Darius Geis. Darius Geis back in the news. Love it. Excited. But I, I love Darius Geis as a, pro, a prospect. And in that draft in one league, I, I had the 102 and like the 106, I believe it was. And uh, that was a running back loaded draft. And the 102 and the 106 were valuable picks. You know, uh, Barkley, Geis, Chubb. Uh, yeah. You know, all those players. Royce Freeman was good back then. on Johnson, Ronald Jones. uh Rashad Penny, um, I'm missing someone, but doesn't matter. There was a bunch of running backs up at the top there. Long story short, I traded the 1-2 and the 106 for like a second-round pick and like three future firsts. 
Those three future first probably ended up being JT. You know, one of them was, right? It was the patience to sell those picks and get out of that first round, even when I loved the player. So the idea was I didn't need to push all in at that point. And if you're in this draft and you, quote unquote, need a quarterback, then maybe you shouldn't be picking him here because he's not going to – one of these rookies isn't going to come in and, like, change your fortunes unless it's – I mean, unless you get really lucky. I mean, even last year in a loaded five-quarterback league, uh, five-quarterback draft, none of those really changed your fortunes, and we would have no. predicted at least one or two would have. So at this time last year, it would have been like, yes, take Fields or take, you know, Lance, take Trevor Lawrence. They're going to change the whole – and they didn't. So even when we think they will, they might not. So when they when they probably won't, they probably won't. So I would trade the pick and move into next year and be patient. And hopefully you can, like I said, the 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 boss move is taking the 106 or 107 as Dirk has, I think, here, trading it for a 2022 second and a 2023 first. That's the epic move. Thoughts, Michael? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I generally agree with you. Um yeah, I, I mean if you're not in love with any of these guys and you can get really good value, then I, I think there's no reason not to move it into the future. Yeah. Um, especially cause it kind of, it kind of sounds like this isn't super flex. I can't really tell, but mm. if it's not super flex, then like absolutely trade it into the future because you don't yeah. need to do anything near that level of effort for a quarterback, but yeah. And really in a um, one, is super in a one quarterback league, Michael, we shouldn't even be really drafting quarterbacks at all. I mean, yeah, here and there well, at value, but uh, generally not in, first, not in the first round. Yeah. I mean, generally you're looking to trade for quarterbacks, especially like Matt Stafford a couple years ago. And Oh, you, <clears> you, you don't mean that they should go undrafted. You no. just mean that you and okay. Yes. I, I no, someone can I draft use. them, but not me. I, you know, I yes, even made I, that I'm, mistake. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm in a one quarterback league and I made the mistake. I was, I was just, it's a rich, rich team. I mean, it, it was a four time repeating team and it did not win this past year. And I spent two second round picks on Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields on a team with Stafford and Mahomes. And I thought I was like, ha ha league. And you know, neither, none of those guys did shit, you know, to, you know, I mean, I should have, I don't know, man, Lawrence and, and fields are worthless in that. I'm not getting a second round pick for them, you know, in, in, in a single quarterback league. So, yeah, you know, I guess maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, even when they're that good, they're not that good a pick. So, I mean, I suppose if you're going to take a couple shots, it was probably still the right move. Cause I mean, sometimes you do hit, you know, the Lamar Jackson lightning in a bottle and I'll be patient with them in that league, obviously, and hope that they turn around. But again, I'm I'm mostly looking to move uh you know a, a rookie pick not towards a quarterback in a one quarterback league and then this year move it to next year if you can why not I mean stack them up you know I mean you've got three picks in this ra- in this draft maybe take one maybe take the other two and move them into next year now you got three next year you you know whatever I think that's the way you win uh, wh- what's up next Michael so <laughs> l- l- let's stay talking about the quarterbacks yeah and uh, before we get to the super depressing one. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, go. This one is from Mike Grimes on Twitter. Uh, he wants to know the thoughts on last year's rookie quarterbacks and their future. He specifically wants to know about Fields and Zach Wilson. And then we had someone else, uh, Blue 80, ask about Trey Blue Lance, 80. whether or I not think that's we should means. be trading. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Blue 80. Uh, whether Omaha. or not we should be trading for him or trading him away. Sorry, I messed up. He was asking about Trey Lance. I was doing some Manning uh, Omaha calls while you were doing you that. You sounded great. Uh, thank you. Um, 
yeah, the, I think, you know, the question, read the question again. I'm, I've been drinking. Uh, so the rookie quarterbacks last year, what are your thoughts on them in general and on their future? You know, I think to his <clears throat> question about whether you should trade Trey Lance or not, I think yes, only because like Fields and all these guys really. I mean, the only one who still hated was the one who did the best, which was Mac Jones. Everybody's like, total loser, never going to make it. It's like, what? So I, I love the hate on Mac Jones. You can generally get him pretty inexpensively uh, in startups, you know. But the other guys, I mean, right now, Lawrence, Fields, and Lance are still like top 12 quarterbacks, which are like first or second round startup picks in almost every single draft. Almost, I mean, yeah, I think for the most part, they're like 10, 11, 12, at least in the ones I've been in. But yeah, yes. they are like kind of rounding it out, which if not higher, they're gone by 10, 11, 12. Uh, see, I've seen them like right at 10, 11, 12. Sure, but ne- I've not seen them past. No, 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 no. I agree. Like, yeah. And th- honestly, like I look like I, I've been on the board and had to pick one of them. And honestly, like I look past them and I'm like, I, who would I really want over them? No one has their upside. No, I mean, no. An they're argument. still a, they're still an okay pick. But if you have, I think if you have the ability to trade away Trey Lance and and get like near like Joe Burrow value is what I'm saying. Like I'm not yeah. saying you're going to get Joe Burrow back. What I'm saying is you trade him away and you're getting back so much. You know, you're getting you know, multiple firsts plus another quarterback or something like that. Like if you can get two first, a 23 first and a mid 22 first plus like a Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, it's like, man, that you're going to replace the production that he gives you this year. Now, granted, and, and it's still a dice roll. Like you still don't know, like with Fields, Lawrence and Lance. Th- yes, the upside still exists. I can't deny. I cannot deny. And I still think they're probably going to be okay. I think that they're probably going to be okay, but we don't know. We actually don't know. We still don't have any idea if they're just going to wash out. They might wash out like any one of them, all three of them. I don't know. We don't know. So if you're taking that uncertainty and selling at value, that's still top 10 dynasty startup value. Like I, I think that's a good move. You know, yes, you might feel bad. The fear of missing out, the fear of loss is like, Man, remember when I had Trey Lance and I trade? But I mean, as long as you get a King's Ransom, it's not selling short, sell high. So I think that's really the way I feel. I, I do think Zach Wilson and uh, Mac Jones probably are better values. Um, you know, I was going to say Zach Wilson in particular. I was not a fan of his coming out. Yeah. I think that he is probably the best value of all of the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Because I think that he still has a certain amount of fantasy upside that right. Mac Jones doesn't have. May not have, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Mac I Jones know. needs to be fairly prolific yeah. in terms of efficiency, yep. you know, or, or prolific through efficiency, I should say. Yeah. Um, he, he also didn't have weapons. So it'll be interesting to see if the Patriots, which still they probably won't get this year anyway. Doesn't. So. Yeah, he still won't. So you got another year of no weapons unless they somehow get really lucky in the first round of the draft drafting wide receivers. Don't fucking bank on that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they don't do that very well. Um, You know, we'll get there as to some of the receivers I like there. But um, yeah, I don't think think I'd be too excited to push the button. I I haven't. I was just in a startup and I was not looking to push the button on any five of those at their their cost. 
Um, Mac Jones went in the third round in, in the startup I did, and they all just yeah. went so so quickly. And I was able to just attain other assets and move back. And I got Tua later than all of them. And you know, it's just like you know, you Tua you'll, is an awesome value. Yeah, it's like well, it's, it, and who knows which guy's gonna fall? It was something I was gonna talk about just after having done this um, startup draft. You know, it made me remember too. Like, I think a lot of us who do this sort of professionally as we we do we do this analysis we get in these expert leagues and then there's a lot of groupthink in the expert leagues and when you're an expert you you're less you're more risk averse you just don't want to do something stupid and look like a fool in front of other analysts so there's a lot of like i don't know you go almost by adp it's very close there's not a lot of reaches there's not a lot of ridiculous picks I and just I think drafted. it helps that the people that make the ADP this time of year are the experts. Right. Like they're the ones that are doing stuff right yeah. now. Yeah. So like I think that's like that's probably why it goes very close to ADP as well. Yeah, with expert leagues. But I just did a league, you know, Dynasty Nemesis got me in a league with a couple guys that we played Dynasty with. But then like I think there's like, I don't know, somewhere between like five and eight who have never done Dynasty. Now they've played fantasy football. But we all know the first Dynasty League you did, you were kind of like, I don't know, you're just blindfolded out of pinata. You know, just you weren't exactly sure. You kind of knew, but you weren't exactly sure where the hell it was. For yourself, my team is great. Uh, My team was great. The team I drafted was great. Look, that's the four time winner for me. So I I felt pretty good. It's what I, when I learned I was good at this, but even still, I, I didn't quite know what the fuck I was doing. Like, I was like, wait. Uh, how much does age matter? Should I be taking a rookie now? Like when the fuck should I take a rookie? You know, and all this stuff happens. And so I'm playing with these uh, guys who have never played dynasty before. And there were some huge irregularities. And what I'm saying that for is many of the people listening are playing in home leagues or, or other leagues where there's going to be huge irregularities in rookie drafts and in startups. And I think that's where you find value. It was also, while I'm at it, I'm going to give you another Dynasty 101 trade uh, tip that I found in this startup. It's I, It just got me thinking. So hear me out, Michael. People, hear me out as well. Don't I'll pause this out. shit. Nobody go away. All right, listen. When you're in a startup draft, I think I made a, a trade for like my 1.11. And I traded out of there and I got like the 3.02 and the whatever, like the, the four, nine or whatever the fuck it was like the three, two, the four, 11 and a 23 first. It was a great trade. And I was happy to move the hell out of the first round. And I don't remember who the, the person took. It was like, I don't know, Javante Williams or something. I don't even remember who the hell it was. And it was kind of crazy because it was like, whoa, that was a surprise. Dalvin cook. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It was like, what the fuck? And then with that 3.02 in a super flex startup draft, I was able to get Deshaun Watson, which is crazy. I, We'll grant that. That's not going to happen in many leagues or any leagues. I mean, it should have happened in this one. It was crazy. But nonetheless, so I, I'm just looking at it like I wouldn't even trade who he picked at the whatever, the 111, straight up. I wouldn't trade that straight up for the the guy I got at the 3.2. I wouldn't do that. I'm, I'm happier to have him than I was whoever I would have, you know, whoever he took at the 111. Plus, I got a 23 first, plus other shit, whatever I got later. And what I've learned is that you just profit by transacting. And I saw Chalk did a did a league, a startup league, and he's got like, I man, he's got like seven twenty two first and like eight twenty three first, and 
he's still got a fairly good team and he just was collecting debts. He was just collecting debts, collecting debts and trading back, trading back, trading back over and over and over again, just being willing to trade. And if I had the the time and energy, I would have done that even in this draft too. I was just, there was sometimes like, fuck it. I just said, I'll pick a guy, you know, what do you want me to do? But if I'm, if I'm willing and able in a, in a startup draft to be the guy willing to not take a pick and to move back, whether it be three spots, eight spots, two rounds, and just collecting that token that it costs to get there. Sometimes you'll get just as good a player two rounds later or seven picks later, but you still hold the profit. And in a startup draft, I am telling you, unless you're making dumbass trades, which you shouldn't be doing because you listen to this show, just make a fucking ton of them. Just make a ton of them. Move back, move back, and collect all of the profit. That is the most important Dynasty Game Theory 101 startup draft advice I can give. I mean, a lot of people will say to go up and go get yourself two quarterbacks. Now, in this particular case, I got them. I got Lamar and uh, Deshaun Watson in this particular league, even by trading back, which is generally not going to happen. But again, I think I proved a point to myself that y'all are playing in leagues where it could fucking happen. You know, like I say this sometimes to some analysts, I go, well, look, that'll never happen, Scott. It's like, well, fuck, man, it happened to me. Like I just, it just did. I'm not saying that it should happen. It shouldn't have, but I got Lamar at the 2.02 and Deshaun at the 3.02. It can happen. I got two at the seventh round or some shit of a super flex league. You feeling me? And I think like that's important just like, you're right. You nailed it right on the head. Like expert leagues, group think home leagues are not expert leagues, right? Like they're not, people are listening to this so they can dominate their home. Dominate. Dominate. That's, that's the plan. Like you are putting in extra time and effort by listening to this podcast. (laughs) And it's the same as regular fantasy football, just in a more niche environment Yeah, where the people that are winning your leagues, I mean, you can get a lot more lucky in regular fantasy football than in dynasty to be honest. For sure. That's right. Um, but the people that do consistently well are the people that put in the extra time, like doing yes. this. Um, so to just kind of put a nail in the coffin on the rookie quarterback talk or mm, second year quarterback talk for Trey Lance, the only thing I'd ha- I'd want to add is he's probably the only one that didn't lose value in the right. past year. Um, I think Fields and Lawrence in particular probably the lost value. Lawrence for sure. Um, and you probably can't trade them for as much as you can Lance. Right. So that's something I would keep in mind. Um, just when you're thinking about trading, it might just be more valuable to hold uh, right. Lawrence and Fields because you're just maybe not going to, specifically Lawrence, yeah, you're not going to get what you would have gotten a year ago and what you might get a year from now. So, Yeah, and I think they're, you know, the, the situations in Chicago and Jacksonville scare me which is probably what's scaring off the ADP a little bit. Like if you dropped, you know, Lawrence into a much better situation with much better coaching and much better surroundings, I think we'd all get very excited about that. Doug Peterson is now the head coach in Jacksonville. You You heard me, man. You produced this this show. You heard me step on the toes of Mr. Evan Silva and and his friend, Mr. Khan, and ultimately, you know, the one thing I did say was the only two things they got going is Doug Peterson and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I, I did I pay homage to your boy. He's got massive, massive testicles. He does. So, uh, he does. Uh, I love to see it. So anyway, um, next. So yeah, uh, going to segue it again. Segue? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right into uh, talk about Deshaun Watson. $100 says you can't spell segue. S-E-G-U-E. Is that right? 
It is right. Uh, S-E-G-U-E? Yes. That's it? There's no I'm a musician. I'm a musician and in books for... um, He didn't say bet, though, did he? I'm just gonna Venmo. I'm just gonna Venmo my hundred bucks. I appreciate that. Yeah. At, at MP Duncan seventy five. If anyone else wants to, spend, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make money. sure I'm gonna make sure it's correct before I do that. In music books, it has it when you need to like flip the page and it like or it goes like right into the next piece. So, yeah, you made that was the wrong bet to make with me. God, damn um, musicians. But anyway, anyway. So in a current Superflex league, mm-hmm. am I getting value in return for Deshaun with the one hundred two and Amon Ra? Feels like an even score if his future is as murky as his, as his past 18 months. Cheers from Manchester, UK. This is from uh, Dave Hurst. Well, what do you think here, buddy? I mean, geez, you're going to ask me all these questions all day? Or, I mean, are you 100 bucks? I mean, this is bullshit. I think absolutely not. I mean, because I think the main the main argument here that it's not is I don't think his future is as murky as the past 18 months. We talked a lot about, I, I didn't, but... Uh, well, I guess I did actually. I chimed in on this bit, but specifically what his suspension may look might look like. It, the The standard is kind of around six games. It might be more. It might be less. We don't know. Um, but he has a fully guaranteed contract on a pretty solid roster for the next five years. He's young, and prior to you know sitting out an entire year, he was what a top five quarterback in dynasty. Like he's still that player. We assume, and the Browns clearly don't give a shit if he did what he claimed that he hasn't done. So, if two years ago you would trade him for the one hundred two and I'm on Ross St. Brown, then I guess you would still do it now. If two years ago you would not do that, which I wouldn't, then I wouldn't do it now because the only thing that is murky about his future is a suspension and that is part of one year and that's way too short term of a look to trade for the second pick in a rookie draft and I'm on Ross St. Brown. You know, I'm paying him a hundred bucks. I'm giving him the easy questions. I mean, yeah, good job, buddy. This was the easiest one that we got because yeah. absolutely I'm not trading uh Deshaun for the 1.02 and Amon Ra. Absolutely not, no way in hell. Um, you know, just no, because I'm taking a coin flip at 1.02, assuming, you know, Brees goes one that I'm getting, I guess, Malik Willis. So the, the downgrade from Deshaun to Malik Willis, I'm only getting Amon Ra, not enough, not nearly enough because it's just like, you know, Willis's ceiling is, I don't even know if it's Deshaun Watson. Like it's, I don't know. It may not be Deshaun Watson. As a passer, Probably it's it's tough. Malik Willis has a really high ceiling, really I high truly ceiling. Think that, but he doesn't have like the chances of reaching that ceiling that yeah. Deshaun Watson has because we've seen it. And I'm like, certainly not making that is. deal today. Like right now, absolutely no not chance, no chance. I mean, maybe if like, you know, um, Malik goes to some, but even then I'm not doing, I'm going to, I'm, I'm wanting more for Deshaun in a super flex league. And, and you said everything, right. You know, the fully guaranteed contract, the likelihood of, of a suspension not happening. I mean, let's face it. You know, once, <clears throat> once the, look, the NFL is, a, is an inside, you know, boys league, you know? So as yep. soon as he was, you know, not guilty in, you know, the, the criminal uh, courts, that's when all the teams were like, oh, here we go. Flies to, you know, flies to shit, so to speak. 
Uh, I guess the, the the pun fits, but you know, like it's like they knew, and I'm sure they had word from you know Goodell and everybody that this is not going to be a major suspension if he's not in you know in jail. If he just gets sued by some girls, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You know that whole thing. I think they were fine with it. You know, we'll suspend them for the people, but you know, like I think it's just going to be that. So I I don't think that he's going to be suspended for a year or a season. And I don't think so. Even either. then. Even then, I don't think I make this deal. I do it's it. like, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'm on Raw's not enough of profit. I need multiple firsts. You know, give me that 1.02 plus a 23 first, plus a player better than I'm on Raw. You know, this feels like a trade that I might have done a year ago. Yes, when the like, when the first thing came out about the first woman, maybe this is the kind yes. of trade that you would get offered then. Yes, and you're like. You have no clue whether or not you're going to do it. Yeah, but now you know his future yes. is in the NFL. You're not. You're not doing that trade. 100%. And by the way, even if Malik Willis lands in the top five, what are the chances he goes to a roster that's better than the Browns for Deshaun Watson? Zero, which yeah. is something really important, especially yep. for a young quarterback. Now zero with you, Dave in England. Don't do it, Dave. Hang on. What do we got next? Um, we're just going to keep going with some quarterbacks. I love this. Uh, and this is from Pwingles. <laughs> Easy I felt dirty say. saying that. Didn't <laughs> like that. He's got a clown face uh, avatar with a mustache. I don't like it. Yeah, Pwingles, uh, Pwingles is, uh, he he dances in the same streets with us, uh, you know, and, and he does disturb me a little bit. Every time I see the clown face, I'm like, Okay, this is good. And then, I, and then it's just some... I mean, here it is, though. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm not even afraid of clowns. I just think they're creepy. Like, they're they're definitely creepy. Does Bal- the Balloons rushing... can go fuck off, too, because who likes a balloon? I, if what? You like, balloons are fucking stupid. Come on. You're comparing balloons to a man dressed in makeup in a clown costume. I just a think balloon that, is know, an inanimate object. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a good point there. You're making some you pretty need, good points. You need a therapist. I don't need a well, I might need a therapist, but I don't well, think I need a therapist for the balloons. I don't know. I think you that's way too strong of an opinion on a balloon. Come on. Who I mean sloppy, someone spitting in that fucking thing. Get that goddamn thing away from me. That's all I'm saying. It's I don't not need like any, you're if you open it and breathe out the inside, sure, but someone if someone's I, spitting pop, inside fucking, you know, get them away. Just get them away from me. I don't want any goddamn balloons near me. I don't need them. Did what something happen to you? No, I mean, I, you know, my children have them. They're fine. I mean, I, you know, of course, I'll blow up a balloon, tie a balloon, give it to my, you know, that's fine. But they're stupid. Let's face it. I mean, they're they're just ridiculous. They're filthy. The kids touch them. It's, get out of here. They spit all over them. Pop. You know, I don't need any balloons. I don't need any balloons. I've learned a lot about you yeah. in the last clowns, couple of minutes. Clowns, on the other hand, I mean, you get a few clowns at a party. I mean, they're doing, throwing the... The firebombs around the apartment; those are those are pretty good. I like those. Clowns are creepy as shit. They are creepy. Um, all right. So, what our uh, neighborhood friendly neighborhood clown wants to know is: Does the rushing quarterback have a negative effect on running back reception ceiling? Idea slash narrative worry you about Elijah Mitchell slash Javante slash whoever the running back is on the team that selects Willis? Well, um, it won't be those guys. Um, yeah, I, Javante. I, I guess he's talking about Russell Wilson, but yeah, yeah. Let's just or maybe take it's that Elijah out Mitchell with Trey Lance, and then whoever the yeah. running back is on the team that's six wheels. I think that's what he's saying. He's yeah. like, does that? Yes, uh, to some degree. Although I yep. think um, if you're talking about Javante, I think we covered that pretty clearly on this podcast. That whether it was him getting older or him sort of not wanting to run, 
Uh, Russell Wilson didn't run as much l- last year as he's done throughout his career. Sorry, uh, yeah. throughout his career. So you know, I think Javante is in is in good hands, and he's more of a, a, a you know, I think he's going to be a touchdown scorer. So he's going to catch the football too. But my God, is that kid good? Elijah Mitchell is you know, I everybody knows I love Elijah Mitchell. I got pretty close to sending out my uh, annual tweet of. Um, running backs that could be eviscerated by the draft. Doesn't mean they will be, but they might be. And I'll even talk about it a little bit right now. Running backs that could be eviscerated by the draft. Now, this particular season, there's not as many eviscerators. Really, it's only a couple. You know, maybe, well, Brees Hall, of course, uh, you know, Walker, and then maybe Isaiah Spiller, maybe some of these other guys. But after Walker, it's kind of like there's just a bunch of maybes, so they aren't eviscerators. Like when DeAndre Swift shows up, it's like, oh, shit. You know, carry on Johnson. It's like a eat can, into someone's work type is of thing. dead. Not carry a, on Johnson, Marlon Mack. Yeah. They all died when those big boys came in. You know, other guy, Trey Sermon didn't kill anybody. You know what I mean? He's, he's just a fucking guy. It's the same thing as you look further down the row uh, of some of these backs. You know, wherever Brian Robinson go, he might. He might go to the uh, the the Atlanta Falcons where he gets um you know a, a pretty clear path, or he could go someplace like Indianapolis where he's a backup now. You know, I mean, yep. so he he's he needs that opportunity. He's not an eviscerator. Uh, these these high level backs can come in and, and just kill someone. Like let's face it, if Brees Hall goes to San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell's nearly dead. He's a, basically a backup running back. Absolutely. Now, you know what I mean? It just is. That's just the fucking way it is. Um, you know, um, so those guys, ha- you have to be careful f- uh, right now. And I would just look at those guys. Michael Carter is one of those guys, right? There's a bunch of these guys in the NFL right now that can be absolutely killed by a, by one of the big boys coming in. In terms of the the running back reception ceiling with a with a with a rushing quarterback, that's absolutely true. I mean, that's what that's what hurts uh, J.K. Dobbins' upside. You know, J.K. Dobbins' upside is locked into touchdown scoring because it's not going to be in receptions, and we don't give a shit about rushing yards. That's been proven by Derrick Henry, who has 2,000 rushing yards and is barely a top-five running back in the uh, in fantasy. So we know that they need receptions, um, and rushing quarterbacks do limit the reception share uh, of, of, of a running back. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, you know, if <clears throat> Malik Willis gets drafted to Detroit, that's an arrow down for DeAndre Swift. There's no doubt about it. It doesn't mean that DeAndre Swift is dead, but it's not good. Yeah, and I will say this real quick about Elijah Mitchell. He only had 20 targets last year. He only had 19 receptions. I don't think that much is really going to change with Trey Lance. Like, they didn't use Elijah Mitchell on third down. They didn't use him as the pass-catching running back. So specifically about him, I mean... I I think it can kind of only really go up, assuming they don't draft anyone. Like if he if he's still there with the same room, like maybe yeah. Trey Lance throws him a few more balls. They use him on third down a little bit more. Like I don't think that's going to change much. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So and I thought Elijah Mitchell got a, a couple games where he was not the third down back, and we saw some J. Michael Hasty. And then yep. there was a couple games where he was, and I think he had like yeah. eight targets a couple games or some some crazy thing like six yeah, targets. Yeah, and I think those were mainly the ones where mm-hmm. like. Everyone was dead yeah. in the San Francisco running back room. But he did prove like, that he could do it. You know. Oh, and I, I a hundred percent believe that he can do it. Yep. It has nothing to do with his talent, and it's entirely to do with how they use him. What do we got next? Is common refrain. Um, let's see. 
Um, let's go with a slightly different one. We'll go in a different direction. Uh, Dynasty Foundation wants to know off-season tips to continue league activity. It's hard looking at these pending trades. Do you have yeah. any fun, quick <clears throat> tips to force people to accept your trade offers? It's a good question. I should ask this question to some uh, some of my guests here and there. I don't really know. I mean, definitely calling people names is a good one. Like, you yep. call someone a name, and they're probably going to respond to you. Like, you know, you just literally call them out in the chat or something like this guy's a, you know, idiot or whatever. You can call them whatever you want. I mean, you can, of course, call them worse things. I'm just trying not to, you know, uh, lose our sponsors. Uh, but no, I'm joking. But, um, you know, I mean, yeah, you just start, start, you know, calling people out. They'll start getting a little excited. And, you know, I mean, we've seen it. You know, I mean, we've seen people come into a league and then they, they, they drop themselves into a league. Like if they take over an orphan and they just start fucking throwing shit around the apartment you know what i mean they just come in like knock shit off and you're like what the fuck who's this motherfucker and then all of a sudden everybody's involved and then all of a sudden you know you can start getting some activity um you know send some stupid trade offers all that stuff um but yeah sometimes there's some leagues that are just a little bit dormant a little bit dead Uh, i think if you play in too many leagues it's really hard to be active um, that's one thing that I'm looking to maybe lose some leagues. And of course I keep getting asked to be in leagues. It's a really tough one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, probably the answer to that is to play with people who only play in, you know, two to five or six leagues. If you're playing with people playing 20 leagues, it's, unless that's all they do is just, uh, is, is fantasy football. You're going to have a hard time keeping that league active. Yeah. And you know, uh, again, assuming that this is kind of a home league type of situation, um, I don't know. Obviously, I know nothing about you, Dynasty Foundation. But if you are the commissioner, commissioner, or you know the commissioner, uh, I'm the commissioner of my home league. I like to do fun shit with that league. Like we have a league website. Um, I put out power rankings every week. Like fun crap like that. That just like it gets them. It gets the members of the league more invested. Uh, we do like a yearly like Zoom at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Like beginning of season, end of season. It just gets people familiar with each other. And also yeah. putting that crap in the chat makes the chat more active. Everyone all of a sudden wants to defend, like, why the hell am I number 10 in the power rankings? Why the hell is this guy number one? It's like, it just, it makes things active. It gets people comfortable and it allow it, it, it makes trades more of a conversation, more so than like a blind, you know, a cold call or whatever. Yeah. Because I, in my experience, I've always had better luck initiating and you know having a trade getting done when it's not a cold a cold call it's hey i'm interested in this or hey i just sent you an offer check it out let me know what you think like when there's conversation that can be had because you're comfortable with each other it it makes the world of a difference yeah i think that's right and i think um if you if it's a close enough league where you can have everybody have everybody's um cell number and you have an actual text strain that can help uh, because then you have everybody's cell number. Sometimes a DM is one thing, but like, I don't know, just texting the dude. And I've actually, yeah. it's fun, man. I've had a few leagues where I've, I've, I've started some leagues and, and connected people. I, like I've just had a league and then all of a sudden, like this dude and that dude who don't live anywhere close are like now friends. Like, and I, yeah. I didn't tell them to be friends. They just, now they're friends. You know what I mean? Like they didn't know each other until they started this league. And now they're better friends than of course, than they are with me, you know, cause I'm an asshole, but like, Makes no, sense. but seriously, right. You know, it's fun. So if the more camaraderie you can have around a league, you're absolutely right. All those fun things, you know, I have a league where 
the loser of the Super Bowl, there's two divisions and the divisions are really just for um, uh, scheduling, but yeah. we have two divisions and um, there's a draft and you pick the teams in your, in your division. So the loser of the Super Bowl has the first pick, the winner of the Super Bowl has a second pick, so forth and so on. Oh, that's cool. Right. And so like, like you that. pick, that's the power rankings. Cause I pick you first. You're the worst fucking team, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Because I want you in my division, motherfucker. So, you know, that's kind of fun. And and th- that order dictates the the schedule. Um, and so just, you know, the, there's a million different things you can do to have a fun league. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you can also listen to Commission Impossible with uh, – with Scott Fish, he's got a pretty cool podcast. If you are a commissioner, Ryan McDowell too, right? He's the Ryan he's the McDowell and Scott Fish do yep. that together. Yeah, and they've been doing this forever, and they're just obviously very, very good uh, commissioners and have seen it all. Uh, I mean, Scott Fish commissions the biggest league in the world. I think that has to be the biggest fantasy I'm football league in the world. Fairly the sure it is. It has to be. I think. I mean, can't even. I mean, it doesn't even make sense if it isn't. Like, because uh, yeah, of course. Uh, what twelve hundred teams this year? Whatever. Fuck yeah. Of course it is. Um, so that being said, like, you know, just look for creative ways. And if you can't get everybody to, you know, put their cell number into a thing that we're all having a group chat, then yeah, they're probably douchebags and get them out of the league anyway. So, yeah, it's better to be in a league with I'd, I'd rather be in a eight team league with seven other really committed guys than a 12 team league where five of them don't give a shit. Yeah, 100 percent. So next question. Um, Like I said, from- call people names. That's the best way, though. Honestly, you're not wrong. <laughs> the people, uh, the the meaner I am in my power rankings, the more everybody responds. Fuck yeah, and wants dude! To prove me wrong. Yep, so. be mean, and then they're like, "What the fuck?" And then say, "I love you." I'm just kidding, because you are just kidding. But fuck them. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but fuck them. Yes, um, I am kidding, but go fuck yourself immediately. Yes. So, from a fantasy football perspective, which are your top five rookie running backs that you would feel confident will have relevance independent of landing spot if you assume they get at least a fourth round draft capital? This is from <clears throat> Fantasy Football Chef. By the way, I love the chef. He's cool. Um, thanks for thanks for listening, Chef. We're going to have to get you into the Central Coast so you can cook us up a storm, baby. Bring you out to dinner. Chef is fucking cool. That, that guy's cool. You know, there's a couple different ways to look at this question and, you know, we talked about this one, me and you, Michael, uh, before the show. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it, I, I think we're just going to talk about it as we're talking about the the top running backs in this draft, right? Because he's asking for top five. I would tier it way differently, and I have a different way of looking at these running backs. I have a tier one running back in Brees Hall. Yeah. I have a tier two running back in Kenneth Walker. And then I have other guys. That's what I have. Um, you know, and these other guys have different reasons why they're other guys and different reasons why they're, you know, looking good. But there's other guys. And if you're talking about confidence that they'll have relevance, re- relevance independent of landing spot, for me, it's Brees Hall. And that's it. I don't have it. five. Yeah. Like, the, the, some years, maybe there's there, there there's that many guys. But no, I... If if everyone got four, if every single running back got a fourth round draft capital, I think the only guy I would be confident in is Brees Hall. I, that, that's it. I mean, it's not saying I don't like any of the other guys, but we're we're talking confident in. Right, I agree hundred percent. I agree hundred like, percent. Uh, yeah, there's only one back that I feel confident in, and we were also uh, maybe we we're talking about this on the show or uh, not, but 
there's also not that many landing spots or open vacancies yep. for these running backs, right? Um, you know, there's so a lot of these guys, most of these guys are gonna get drafted where it's murky at best, you know, where they're like, yep. huh, I wonder if he's gonna play over Chase Edmonds. It's like, yeah, and I don't know. That might be the best situation. I think <laughs> we did talk about that on the yeah. show, but you're right. It's blending for me too, the conversation we had prior to the show. Yeah. And but it's like, right? That's the best la- yeah. landing spot. And still, you know, put Zamir White there and you're like, hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't fucking know what that means. I don't know. Is uh, who knows? Third round pick Zamir White goes to Miami. Huh. Okay. Good. Good. Good to know. I'm not that excited. I. I don't know. I guess that's mostly exciting. So really, it's going to be a lot of uh, dice rolls with these running backs late. To answer the question, my my top five right now are Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller, and Zamir White. But if you're asking like who's going to have some relevance regardless of landing spot. I would put like Brian Robinson in there because I think yep. wherever he goes, he's going to have, I don't know about fantasy relevance, but at least NFL relevance. You know, yeah. maybe James Cook is a guy who's going to have relevance, like a Kenneth Gainwell type relevance regardless, but that doesn't, I don't think that's what you mean either. So there's certain guys, and, and I talk about this all the time. We're going to talk about this in one more moment too with another question coming up, but it's also the utility of a guy. You, know, you look at and a guy like that, that, that goes a lot into the conversation of relevance. Cause I think that's basically what Kenny Gainwell is, right? Is, you know, exactly how he was going to be utilized at the next level. We certainly and thought that's so. what happened. Well, that's what happened. It's what happened for the most part. Yes. He was basically only used as a third, third down back. Yes. And it's, it's healthy to have uh skepticism, you know, yeah. it really is like, you know, I I've said it, you know, it's the t-shirt, right? Be ready to be wrong. It's like, you know, don't think, oh, I, like, I really like Rashad White, but I'm also like, I don't know. I mean, fuck, you You can tell me he's going to be drafted in the fifth round and never does shit. And I'd be like, yeah, probably, man. yeah, totally, like, totally, like, totally. I'm not here to be like, no way, dude, best running back. And you could also tell me that he approaches a Jamal Charles ceiling, and I'd believe it. Like, it's range of outcomes. Like, I yep. see that he's athletic. I see that he's gifted. He's a good pass catcher. Like, there's a lot of things I like, but it's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not like a given. And when we look at these these running backs, you're looking for a guy that that smells like Brees Hall. That's what you're looking for. Yep. And that's what Cam Akers looked like. That's what DeAndre Swift looked like. That's what Dobbins looked like. That's what Taylor looked like. That's what Gibson looked like without the production. But, you know, athletically at least. But, you know, yeah. you look for these guys, and you're like, yep, that looks like the guy. And Brees Hall is really the only guy that looks like that guy. Kenneth Walker in some ways, but the receiving is 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 a little bit of a question mark. And, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, so there's a, to answer the question, there aren't five, but the only one that really you can be concer- uh, certain of is, is Brees Hall. And then from there, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be sorted out through draft capital landing spot and what the NFL thinks of them. Like, what that's, if, like that's yeah. going to affect ADP too, because yes. part of this is like, you don't, you don't want to draft. If, if Kenneth, if Kenneth Walker goes in the fifth round and he goes to a spot that is meh, he's still, there's a really good chance he's still the second running back off the board. (laughs) And do you really want that as the second? Like, do you want to pay that price for what you're likely to get? No. No. So then it comes down to like, okay, well, I could take Elijah Mitchell in the fourth round of my rookie you know, of my rookie draft. Yeah, and if and, 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 yeah, and, he and got if drafted Isaiah in the Spiller, round, if but, Isaiah Spiller goes to Atlanta in early second round or something, yep. Yeah, I'm taking him ahead of Kenneth Walker. What the fuck are you crazy? Yep. Like I don't I, I've been skeptical of, of Spiller this whole time, but I still also realize that he was a very good running back in a major conference 
and caught a lot of passes and was highly regarded from the beginning. And now he's highly regarded by the NFL. Like I'm in, I may not be as in as like, this is a JT moment, but I'm in like, yeah, he's going to get some, he's going to get some opportunities. And with opportunities at a running back position, we've seen it a million times. Name the running back that was good, you know, last year. And you can find a number of them that were like shit bags, you know, athletically, just because they got opportunity. You know, it doesn't make yep. them elite. It just any opportunity makes you relevant, right? Opportunity yep. makes you relevant from the running back position. It doesn't make you relevant from the wide receiver position. We've seen guys like, I think it was Jalen Guyton was like top 10 in the league two yeah. years ago in routes yep. run. And he wasn't top 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you give a, a running back top 10 in touches, he's going to be top 20 in the yep. NFL. He's going to be a top 15 back. Like there's almost no way he can fail entirely if he has targets and, and touches. So, and it won't look pretty either. Maybe like, not, but they're going to get it. Whereas receivers have to work their way open. So running yeah. backs is all, an opportunity plus talent. Whereas wide receivers, it's like mostly just talent. And that's harder to, to, to judge on the receivers because there's nuance. Whereas with running backs, it's like, big guy run fast you know it's like yeah. yeah that dude's fucking dope look at him he did it through college you know jt was three times two thousand yards and ran a 439 at 225 pounds like pretty sure he's fucking good like what's the riddle there's no riddle there it's just he's awesome so you can have that at the wide receiver position you know henry ruggs alabama oh my god fast guy doesn't mean doesn't mean shit you know uh, pour one out for henry ruggs but there's a million or, of or them, you know that's right. Too. You know, uh, Nikhil Harry was a beautiful specimen uh, of an athlete, ran fast, big, strong. Doesn't fucking matter. You know, you have to have a high level IQ to play uh, the wide receiver position in the NFL, more nuanced position running back. There's only one elite level prospect and a couple others that 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 get close. After that, it's a crapshoot, bro. And we got to be ready for that NFL draft to see where these guys land and and, and then pick from there. And real quick, I just want to throw out this name because he's a guy I really like as a later round guy. Um, and I don't think I have it anywhere recorded, so I'm putting it out there now just Call in case. Shot. But uh, Pierre Strong is a guy I absolutely love. I've loved him every step of the way. Um, in the same way that I like James Robinson or Eli Mitchell in the past as like a later round, like, yeah, there's a really good chance he never gets an opportunity. But if he does, yeah. So just want to throw that well, out Well, and to the point, you know, um, James Robinson, we liked. He went undrafted. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, we liked. He went sixth round. Sixth round, yep. Sixth round, you know. It's like we're going to say we like Pierre Strong, but we also realize that, like, yep. you know, until he gets draft capital, it, it, it may not matter. Like, honestly, you know, even James Robinson had, like, the C's part for him with the Fournette release. Oh, like, it, yeah. Had Fournette never got released, he's just another guy, probably. He probably just never yeah. gets anywhere. Like, he's still it, just it, a... Talent is... With with running back... I mean, with all positions, I mean, if, if they have nothing invested in you, they have right. no reason to give you a shot 95% of the time, especially there's only one running back on the field. There's yep. three wide receivers, four wide receivers. There's one running back. That's right. There's, yep. there's one quarterback. Like, it's... <laughs> That's it's, right. It's how that works. Yeah, there's no backup um, quarterback of relevance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like it um, doesn't exist. So yeah, yeah it's it, it you, you understanding this with the running backs is why you know I, I'm looking at Brees Hall, looking at anybody else who gets some draft cap, and and making sure I try and grab them at value, especially because if, if a team invests in those running backs, that means something about what they think of them. You know, even 
you know, if they're not that good, that still means that they're going to get opportunity. I mean, if you really don't think yep. a guy is good, I mean, you can fade him, i.e. Ronald Jones or whatever. I mean, I was never a huge Ronald Jones fan, zero, share, zero shares, zero cares. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, still he, he kind of got some opportunities and, you know, was, was tantalizing top 20 for running years. back. What's two that? years ago. He was a top 20 running back yeah. two years ago. There you like, go. He, he produced. What do you got? Um, spe- speaking of running backs, uh, Ramondre Stevenson needs more love. Oh, yeah. Signed, Ramondre Stevenson fan club guy, uh, Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> love Rusty Shackleford. He's, he's yeah. dancing in the same um, street as Pwingles. Oh, yeah. Sorry, this is. This I is like Ra- I like Ramondre a lot. Um, I think this was a this was like a month or two ago. I think I had yeah. come to you about a draft pick in a startup that I was doing, and I took both um, Ramondre Stevenson and why am I blanking on the other running? Damian back Harris. Thank you, Damian Harris. They were both on the board. We didn't have any running backs yet. Uh, my co uh, manager Ashley wanted to p- take a running back. Uh, we decided on those two, and I took Ramondre Stevenson over Damian Harris, and I kind of just wanted some type of reassurance from a Patriots fan. Uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, there's always the chance with the Patriots that he turns into nothing and he's dust, but I think he's talented. I think he's in a spot where I don't think they're going to commit to Damian Harris long term necessarily. Um, and I think that he's, they've already shown that they trust him more of a, more as a pass catcher than Damian Harris. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, it's that contract thing too, because Damian yep. Harris is like in the last, you mentioned this last year of his deal and like, yep. you know, if he, they're not going to resign him. Right. So if he moves on, then Ramondre steps in and, you know, Bill has always been, you know, unafraid to play his favorite player over another guy. It's, he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. He's not like, well, that guy. No, he just plays the guy. He thinks it gives him the best chance of, of winning on any particular single play, let alone you know over the course of a season or game. Yeah. Um. So he just does not care. Uh. He'll play the healthy guy over a hurt guy and all the rest of it. He's just he's unafraid to make what he thinks is the best decision, and it is not a zero percent chance that Ramondre is just straight up better in all facets than Damian Harris. He might not be, but he's yep. certainly shown to be better in the past game. Uh, so he has a higher ceiling for that reason, because if for whatever reason he favors him in, in a few other situations, early down work, goal line, etc. my gosh, if he can somehow get goal line over Damian Harris, then Damian Harris is dead because Damian Harris oh, yeah. is very touchdown dependent. So at this point, yeah, I mean, they, they bring back James White, uh, they brought in Ty Montgomery, kind of interestingly enough. I mean, oh, uh, I forgot about that. They're bringing in some. They, they lost uh, Brandon. They lost Bo- Brandon Bolden. Yep, to the to to the Raiders. So. Who had some relevance last year? A little bit. He's old though. Not gonna like, lie. I, he, he was like he was like a weekly starter for me in Scott Fishbowl after yeah, Derrick Henry died. So yeah, uh, Brandon Bolden was definitely a, a dynasty pickup where you could, you know, there's very rarely a guy you can pick up and start. That is not common in dynasty leagues. And but Brandon Bolden was that guy in a lot of leagues for me. I was like, oh. Thank God if I needed a, you know. Thank God uh, I have Brandon Bolden. Yes, that's when you know it's bad. I mean, but last year it was the, you know, the walking dead of running backs. So, yeah, every running back was getting hurt. It was brutal. Um, that being said, I think Ramondre has that that bigger upside. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, shit, we had two podcasts last year named after Ramondre. So, I mean, obviously this is a, you know, a fucking Ramondre Stevenson fan We're club. We're part of that pod. fan yes. club guy. That was before he was drafted to my favorite team. So, I mean. 
yeah, this is like, I mean, I don't want to get, you know, too far ahead of myself on Ramondre Stevenson, but yeah, I mean, let me ask you this way, Michael, and, and maybe you can ask back to me, but you know, Ramondre Stevenson or Michael Carter in dynasty. Wow. That, that is yeah, it's tough. probably Michael Carter. Okay. So Ramondre Stevenson or Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. Huh. Okay. Ramondre Stevenson or Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. And I don't work. Wow. You are picking good names. He's right in this, this spot, right? So, I mean, I had him at like 29. I'm moving Are those around. exactly who you have around him? Yes. And, you know, it's like, okay, so then it's like Ramondre Stevenson or Rashad Penny. It's like, well, it kind of has to be Rashad Penny, kind of. Yep. Because so he's right there. I mean, you know, I have like Ramondre and Damian Harris at like 30 and 31, 31, 32, depending on if I move a couple guys here and there. And it's like, yeah, they're right there. Because then after that, it's like Tony Pollard. You know, would you rather have Tony Pollard or Ramondre Stevenson? Ramondre. Yeah, me too. Daryl Henderson and Ramondre Stevenson? Ramondre. Madison, Ramondre. Ramondre. Right, so he's right there. Like you know, yeah. then it then it gets a little thinner behind that. Um, you know, I'm still de- I'm still debating internally. Devin Singletary. I think that might have been the hardest one that you asked. You know, Devin Singletary is on the could be eviscerated by the draft list for sure. I if think all can, of those guys were. If honestly, can, Dynasty 101, go put Devin Singletary on the block. You know, if you have Devin Singletary, you're like right now you're thinking, dude, he could be the lead back of the one of the best teams in the NFL. Yep. Yep. That's true. Yep. He also could be an absolute zero after the draft. You know, the, the, the bills pick late. And I think there's a decent chance, decent chance that they feel like they've got it all fucking figured out, except running back. If we could just get Brees hall at pick 25, we are set. It could be that pick. And if they pick Brees, I think Hall, I think they're too I I think they're too smart. Maybe they I, could be I, too cocky too, though. I there's very few franchises that I feel confident enough to say that I think they're too smart to do I mean, something Kansas like City that. Kansas City drafted uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I I I don't necessarily think that Kansas City is. I mean, That's come on, thing. you love Andy Reid. You, you I love Andy Reid. We did Andy not Reed, see that coming. Andy Reid has come out and said that he does. He loves that he is not in control of personnel. He, bl- he, he he blamed Patrick Mahomes. Well, no, but he I mean he blamed his G I he didn't blame anyone. The GM is he got himself fired in Philly because yeah. he became the GM. He and he has since said that he's so glad that he is not in control of personnel. I will fucking ask the question, how the hell do you pick Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, and JK Dobbins? How the fuck do you do that? Like the night of the draft, that was like, what the fuck are you doing? And still in hindsight, it's worse. It's way worse than even the night of the draft. And the night of the draft, I was beside myself. The only the unbelievable only thing that I can say is that you thought that he had a chance to be one of the greatest pass-catching running backs of all time. I didn't. No, but I'm saying if they thought that. Well, then I they're stupid. That's, that's the why. point. Yeah, it was, I, it was clearly like, not like no. He was uh, he was never going to be that. I thought he'd be better than this. I like I thought he was a and I I did not think he was a. I, I thought he was an average runner. 
for like he he was fine. He was slow. I but mean, he was he carrying red flags in his pockets. In the, I yeah, he produced in the passing game. That is the one thing he had. If you draft like you would have looked, produced in that passing game, Michael P. Duncan. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Um, and, and I will say, I guess if you want to put on Andy Reid, he looked a lot like Brian Westbrook, except oh. Brian Westbrook got a lot more juice. Yeah, I, I got that. Say. I got that jersey downstairs. Yeah, I, I he looked like Brian Westbrook, Brian Westbrook now. Oh, I'm wearing my Villanova sweatshirt actually. <laughs> he Final little, four. literally looks like Brian Westbrook today. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, he looks pretty good. He's living on a yeah. farm. I love Brian Westbrook. He's one of, of my course. favorite players. Went to Villanova, local guy. Love absolutely him. awful pick, still in hindsight. So oh, no, you know, when terrible. you look at Devin Singletary, like he could absolutely I love be eviscerated. By the way, he could be eviscerated in that way, um, and a lot of those guys can at the at, at the backside. And look, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris could be too. I mean, I don't think Bill will pick up a, a, a running back this year. He'll probably wait till next year to make that sort of investment, as he as he's been pretty smart about. It. He's picked look. I'll give him some credit. He's been smart about the running backs. Running backs don't need to be picked in the first round. He's gotten great like running back Sony production Michelle? picking in the middle rounds, which is where you should pick the running backs. Like, so not Sonny Michelle in the first round? That one did not work out well. No. no. Over Nick Since Chubb. Since then. Over yeah. Nick Chubb. Ouch. Oh, that, why does... Mm, they should let fantasy... Uh, fantasy analysts should be the ones that select running backs only that position i will give us no credit on anything else yeah like i don't need to pick only the o tackles or whatever i'll be like uh no. who do you think yeah good good idea no. yeah pick that guy motherfucker yeah but like the running backs i got this shit let me just tell you who's yeah. gonna be good it's not you know it's not uh clyde edwards hilaire it's definitely jonathan no. taylor go ahead and pick jonathan taylor oh you need a pass catcher have you heard of deandre swift like, what the fuck are you doing? Anyway. Or, get this, Jonathan Taylor probably can catch a football. He's probably better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Is probably what I, fine. What I tweeted before the draft that year was that Clyde, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had worse pass-catching stats than Jonathan Taylor if you account, just like we do for receivers, for the passing offense. If you yeah. remember, I'm a, it's a little vague, I don't remember, but Joe Burrow set Every fucking record in NCAA yep. history that year. I yep. mean, it wasn't like, oh, was it a good passing? Was that a good passing uh, team? Uh, yeah, the greatest it of was... all fucking time. Okay. Do you know how many touchdowns he had of the 60? How many like receiving two? touchdowns? It wasn't a lot. One. I was damn close. One receiving touchdown out of 60. I mean, get the fuck out of here. He wasn't good. Do you know how many... Um, uh, Jonathan Taylor had out of uh, like 17 or whatever the fuck it was. He had five. He had five yeah. receiving. He had five times as many receiving touchdowns. Why? Because he's dope and he took it to the house. Like how could you score one touchdown with a team that's scoring touchdowns like every other play? Like <laughs> get some Fair, yeah. It was ridiculous. Anyway, I'm so sorry um, I got on that soapbox. Jeez nope, Louise, you got me nope, all fired you're good. up. I owe you 100 bucks and you pissed me off. Awesome. This has been a great night for me. Yeah. Um, and we're going to keep it going because this is an interesting guy to talk about. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Yes. The only, did we, wait, did we answer that? Oh, it wasn't yeah, even we a did. question. We were just uh, talking uh, Ramondre is awesome, but be careful. Um, yeah. Uh, Josh Jacobs only has four 100 rushing yard rushing games in the past two seasons. Will a new offensive scheme and the addition of Adams help or hurt Jacobs next season? Along the same lines, who will benefit the most if they target running backs in the past game? Drake or Jacobs or Jacobs, Brandon Bolden? Jacob, Jacob, and Jacob, this Jacob. is uh, Zach Allen. Yeah. No, Jacobs has – look, this is a huge, huge uptick for Josh Jacobs. I don't think that I would want to necessarily be going out and trade for him necessarily. But look, the arrow's up. If I was holding the Josh Jacobs bag, I was getting a little bit, ups, you know, a little bit upset and a little bit, you know – 
weary, but you know, getting Josh McDaniels in there, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, getting Devonte Adams in there, the Devonte Adams news. I, th- I think uh, I've heard this too, but the, the only person it helped, like the literally the only player other than Derek Carr, maybe I was, was going to say, I yeah, I hope, was Josh yeah, Jacobs. Jack. It's like Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs are the only beneficiaries of this trade. No one else wins. Like it was a lose lose deal across the board. And Alan Lazard. We'll see. And Aaron Jones. Actually, I'll, I'll throw Aaron Jones out there in all seriousness. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not too excited about Aaron Jones. Touchdown upside I'm goes down. I'm not excited, down. but he's going to get a fuck ton of uh, targets. Targets, yeah. Because where, where the hell else are they going to go? And that's what we like better anyway. Drake London? So. Oh, my God. Oh, get excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, so I think J- Josh Jacobs has arrow up. I mean, maybe if you can sell on that, you know, arrow up, if someone's really excited, it's probably a good time to, to cash that chip. But if you're just needing one more season of Josh Jacobs' production here, look, they're, they're, they should be scoring more. They should be converting more often. They're a better team today with Devontae Adams than they were before. But it's arrow down for Devontae Adams. It's arrow down for Waller. It's arrow down for Renfro. I mean, it just yeah. has to be. I mean, there's just only so many opportunities there. Um, and Derek Carr isn't as good as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, all these points are very, very easy to see. Now, that doesn't mean arrow down like, oh my God, he's going to suck Devontae Adams. It, he's still Waller. Devontae Adams. He it's, just, it, it's, you know, was it him or Cooper Cup to be the best wide receiver in fantasy next year? And like, now it's okay. It's Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams is in that second tier. Like, that's kind of what it did. He's a great, like, he's, I think he's the best wide receiver in the, in the, in the league. Oh, like, yeah. I meant specifically for, but for fantasy. fantasy. I'm with you. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a tier down. I mean, you just can't think that he, I mean, he might, but, you know, Justin Jefferson or, or Devontae Adams and, 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 uh, redraft, it's like Justin Jefferson, easy, you know, yeah. not even a question. Um, you know, just yeah. with the target share and the opportunity and the upside. So, yeah, that being said, you know, arrow down for everybody else. But Jacobs gets the uptick. You know, he should he should be uh, they should be converting more often and in the red zone more often. And he should hopefully catch some more passes. I would think. Um, look, unless yeah, I, I disagree with you. There. I don't think you will. You don't tell me because they brought I, in two pass catchers. <laughs> be, yeah, because one, Josh McDaniels, everything we just said about Ramondre Stevenson and uh, Damian Harris, like. Josh McDaniels was in charge of that offense. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. It's not always a one-to-one when no. uh, coaches switch teams and that. And I'm not saying that he's going to run exactly what happened in New England. But, right. like, he brought in Brandon Bolden. But philosophically, he, he, you may be right. But yeah. Philosophically, in, like, yeah. Yeah, did he bring in Amir Abdullah, too? Is that right? Uh, I Honestly, I don't remember. I that think one, it's I, Amir Abdullah. Is the part other of me wants to say that was last year, but then he retired. No, but no I could Abdullah went to Carolina. Wrong. I'm going to look it up now because you got me thinking. All right, that's fine. Um, but yeah, like I just I don't know, man. I I I am not going to expect anything out of Josh Jacobs from a passing game perspective. I'm going to hope that being on a better offense raises his floor and raises his ceiling. But the fact of the matter is he deals with a lot of injuries. They have a couple pretty playable running backs in Kenyon Drake and maybe Amir Abdullah and yeah. Brandon Bolden. Yep. Uh, it, it, is, it is, it is Amir Abdullah. Abdullah. He did go there. Wow. So, I mean, I think that's also a little bit of a bad signal for the pass catching up. That's all for Amir Jacobs. Abdullah does. So exactly. As, as we saw what basically Brandon Bolden does too, is he, he's only a real pass catching yeah. back. So you got pass catching back one brought in pass catching back two brought in and Drake is obviously a shit bag, but he is a pass catching back shit bag. And, like, I, I think there has to be some level of 
Yeah, obviously we know we we quote unquote know that Josh Jacobs can be that you know high volume receiving guy because that's what he was in college. That's what we projected him to be. The fact of the matter is he hasn't done it in the NFL. No, like, and I think to a certain point, we just kind of have to accept that maybe it won't happen. Yeah, and if you go into next season expecting it to happen, and like I, I I've never been that on Josh Jacobs, so I've kind of been preaching this for like multiple years. Like, if you expect that to happen, you will be disappointed. Last year was the first year his ADP finally reflected. In this is in redraft, finally reflected him not catching passes. So just don't get overexcited. Yeah. Don't get overly excited and expect him to walk away with 50, you know, 50 receptions because you yeah. will be disappointed and you're going to overpay for him. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, look, I think probably 1100 yards rushing and, yep. you know, look, he went from 20 to 33 to 54 catches over the last three years. So there is an uptick there. He has yep. seen more utility there. His targets and, you know, yards and all that has gone up. Never caught a, never caught a touchdown uh, pass. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, I think, you know, 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 50 catches, I think we'd all be pretty happy with that. And, you know, that's not a lock, and that's not necessarily elite. But, uh, yeah, he's got some upside. But, yeah, exactly. He's still in the mid-RB2 for me yeah. in Dynasty. Um, yeah, I, I think that's sure. reasonable. What do we got next? Um, so, speaking of running backs, uh, this is from Tom on Twitter. Uh, the top 12 running backs seem to be split with young guys like Taylor Swift, Najee, seemingly cemented in. Uh, then there's a group either at or close to the AJ Pex that includes guys like Mixon, Eckler, CMC, Cook, and Henry. What's your assessment of the top end of the running back position for Dynasty? Yeah, it's kind of funny because a few of those guys I don't have in the top 10 or 12. Like, you know, I've got, you know, Taylor Swift, Javante, Najee, Cam Akers, a lot of Dobbins. Them. Holy crap. This is the first time in a while I'm looking at your rankings. Yeah, I don't have, um, you know, Dalvin and Kamara and Mixon and Chubb and Zeke and Derrick Henry in my top 12. You have Henry one above Josh Jacobs and two above Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, I don't know about this Derrick Henry. I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Um, He's old. He's now hurt. You know, I guess if you could talk me into moving him up a little bit. But honestly, do I want Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I want Derrick Henry. Okay. I also, want, I definitely want him more than Zeke, but that's yeah, not really the question. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little light. I mean, he's like, what is he like, forty two years old? No, he's twenty nine. Uh, right? He's just getting old, and he's had that foot. He didn't look good in the playoff game, and I know he was quote unquote hurt. And he, but he has a metal, you know, what do you have metal in his foot and in the shoe? Like, it's not like, oh yeah, no, no, he was fine. It was just a sprain. It's like, dude's had metal in his foot and in his shoe like that's like i mean that seems like a problem to me i don't know uh for a running back you know i I don't know if this is the same but my sister quit soccer because the cleats were heavy seems like a weak reason yeah i agree but she stood by it she still does okay that is that's my story for the night so maybe that's the problem with Derrick Henry. The, the cleats looked a little heavy last year in the playoffs. Because of all the extra metal in his foot. Yeah, he had a lot of metal in there. He, you know, I, I tweeted that during that game, and I thought it was a pretty good tweet. I, this guy's running out there like he looks like he has some metal in his feet. And he fucking did, man. He, it was awful. So, yeah, I think when we when 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 I look at those guys, I'd much rather – look, if I could trade Derrick Henry for Dobbins straight up, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like, 
I feel like if I have to buy Dobbins, I'm going to have to pay profit. I don't think I'm getting Dobbins straight up fucking Derrick Henry. Like, you know, so yeah, for me, if I can get any Antonio Gibson, Travis Etienne, Dobbins, Akers, you know, the Saquon's still young enough. Um, he's a, he's the wild card and Eckler is the, you know, you, you've helped me fall in love with Eckler and then the rest are all young guys. I mean, McCaffrey obviously is still, you know, you can't get him outside the top three yeah. or four or five, but other than that, it's all young guys because I'm looking at their, their, their floor and ceiling is like, if you had to bet for your life, who's going to score more fantasy points next year, Derek Henry or JK Dobbins, you'd take Derek Henry. But yep. if I said, you know, you're paying me five to one, you'd be like, no, like, you know what I mean? Like, or if you're spotting me, you know, any amount of, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's yes, I guess. But you know, you're not, you're not that sure. You're really not because if Dobbins plays all year, like he could be everything that Henry could be going forward. Not what Henry was going back. Like that's the thing with, with, with dynasty football is that we think, dude, he's not going to score. He's not going to run for 2000 yards. Well, Neither is Derrick Henry, probably. Like, I'm not saying he isn't. I'm saying he probably isn't. Like, of course he can. We've seen him do it. But Derrick Henry is very, very unlikely to rush for 16 or 1,800 yards. He's more likely to have 13 or 1,400 yards. Like, it's just he did the most incredible things. Like, I don't that's know. I feel like I, I, w- I would put money on him running for 1,600 yards. I'll take that bet. Let's put that same 100 that he's under. I'll say under 1,600. You can say over 1,600. I mean that's kind of the line for me. Like eighteen hundred, I tend to agree, but like seventeen game season and let's do sixteen hundred. All right, done. Get that hundred back. Fucking how many months? When do I have to wait for that? February. That's fine. Yeah, February. I need some Christmas money. You're you're buying the Christmas gifts for my kids. That's it. Good job. No, but I, I, you know, I just don't. I don't know, man. You know, I mean, the injuries and all that stuff. He's been able to avoid them. Now he's got this foot thing. It's like. I don't know if that's going to be okay. You know, so these older backs tend to break down, uh, especially the big backs. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm dubious of Derrick Henry for sure. I'm glad you, I'm glad you pointed out my super, super low ranking of Derrick Henry as a dynasty asset. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's interesting. Um, I mean, like, I guess, so just to summarize kind of what you were saying and to kind of answer the question, you think that there is a very large like the guys that two years ago were in the top five and six, you think that within the next year or so they will be either dead or you can see them starting to get there. So you have basically completely crossed over to the next, you know, the guys that you think are going to be around for the next four to five years. Hundred percent. Like you, you're there now. You're you, you you don't need another year to get there. You're already there. Correct. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll take these guys at value. Like, you know, I saw Zeke drop in, in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the draft they did. And I'm perfect. Look, Zeke is a, I, I, I have Zeke ahead of Derrick Henry because Zeke is younger than Derrick Henry and Zeke is tied to that contract, man. I've said it one, once or twice on this show. Like he is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. They cut Amari Cooper because of how much Zeke is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Like, they Jerry didn't, they, stupid, they didn't trade Amari because they didn't want Amari on the team. They traded Amari because Ezekiel Elliott is going to get paid like all the money and it's all locked up. It's guaranteed. He can't, so they can't, stupid. yeah, of course. So, but that gives him security. That gives him opportunity. You know, the, 
you know, Jerry's not gonna be like, yeah, no, sit him down. There's like play his ass. We're paying his ass. Let's see it. You know, so he's going to be tied to opportunity. Only if he gets hurt, will he not play? Um, <clears throat> and yeah, he lost a step last year, but I mean, he's going to be out there playing. So, you know, with, with Derek Henry and Zeke, I'm, I'm a little lower, what 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there in, in my 16, dynasty rankings. Yeah. But yeah, of course, I mean, JK Dobbins is, you know, I mean, I don't love coming off the injury this year. I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, uh, Barkley last year and Dalvin cook a couple years before that. I don't love ETN's injury, but I mean, shit, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, these yeah. guys are going to get their opportunity first round draft pick. I mean, he's going to get his opportunity ETN. Um, yeah. So I'm all in with the, with the young guys. Acres is going to get his. So Gibson still a buy. Um, so yeah, rock on, just get one of the young guys. Flip them for a young guy and move on. All righty. So I think we're going to do a couple of quick hitters to finish it okay. off. Because um, I think these last ones, I don't know if they need as much, like, you know, <laughs> as much. Like, I, I don't think they take as long to answer. Uh, Mr. Tweets asked if you're sitting with the 1.03 in a super flex rookie draft and assuming Brees and Malik Willis to take one and two, who are you pulling the trigger on at 103? Smart answer probably trade back, but let's assume there are no trade partners and you have to make a selection. Yeah. As it stands right now, I think it's easy. With the information that we know or that we think we know, I think it's Kenny Pickett. Huh. Well, I mean, you've heard me disagree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I guess that's the thing is that a lot of things can change between now and then. But for me, if I had to, I'd probably take Drake London. It's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't blame you. I just with the way that I feel like we're hearing about the like this quarterback class, I think there's such a large drop off after the first two in the way that the NFL looks at them. That's fair. And that for me is I think the value of getting like I mean there, I think there is a real chance that two quarterbacks go in the first round and that's it. Probably. And I, I think agree. if like you you're then saying that like the drop off is from Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett to Sam Howell is you know a 50% chance of hitting to, you know, a 2% being in the second round. Like, I think that's massive because I think there's also just, I, I think there's a ton of wide receivers that are going to go in the first round. And I think landing spot and draft capital is going to be a big decider of them. I mean, there, there could be up to seven, eight, maybe in the first round. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I think where if you're doing tier-based drafting or if you're just looking at value, like right now, what we know right now, I think it's Kenny Pickett, but come draft day, that could very easily change depending on, you know, do more quarterbacks go, do less quarterbacks go. Where do the, where are these wide receivers going? Does one of them get top 10 draft capital? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, we see that a top 15, top 10 to 15 quarterback in the NFL draft, a top, you know, pick in the NFL draft yeah. quarterback has about as much insulated value in dynasty fantasy football than any other thing. You know, it's just like, there's almost no way for them to lose value. We've seen it with yeah. you know, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Fields, and Lance. They all sort of held value. Lance didn't play. Fields was awful. Zach Wilson was embarrassing at times. Lawrence, Lawrence was, was about as much of a disappointment as there could be. And there's still top 12 to 15 quarterbacks off the board and top you know 20 to 25 picks in, the, in, the, uh, in a super flex draft. So, yeah, we're seeing those guys just be so value-insulated. Value, um, that there's a fairness to what you're saying. If if Kenny Pickett goes six to Carolina or whatever, 
and we and think I, he I, will go somewhere in the top 15. But I also look at it from another lens, Michael, which is if I had to bet my life on who is going to be a good football player in the NFL, it certainly ain't fucking Kenny Pickett. You know, it, that's not my pick. I mean, I don't think if I had and to that's bet. that's extremely fair. Right? Like if I no, was just betting. I, I agree with you 100%. On right? I'd be like, okay, my first three picks, if you were just like, who's going to be fucking good? Like just maybe not great, but good. It'd be like Brees Hall, Drake London, Garrett Wilson. One, two, three. Like that doesn't mean that's who I'm picking one, two, three. It just means like pretty fucking sure they're going to be good, dude. And then Kenneth Walker. It's like those four. Traylon Burks, huge ceiling, but I'm like, man, oh man, there's just some scary. scary, you know, commentary about Traylon Burks sometimes, you know, and the NFL, you know, doesn't like him as much as Chris Olave and some, you know, things I see. Like, I don't know, man, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies on my Traylon Burks love and, and I love him. So it's really weird, but but that's my point is like, I don't know. So for me, it's those four guys. And then Malik Willis has gigantic upside, the biggest upside in the draft basically. And so he has to be considered up there and Traylon Brooks has to be considered up there. And Kenny Pickett's going to be drafted. So he has to be considered up there, but those guys aren't as sure a thing for me. And I suppose, depending on how you look at it, the insulated value of a top 15 quarterback pick or the assuredness of how sure am I that this is going to be a, you know, a, 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 an above average to better than that NFL player, two ways to look at it. So two quick things just to add to that, because I didn't really disagree with anything that you said. Um, but one, the fact that they have such an insulated value is even more impactful when you look at the guys that aren't those guys. Jalen Hurts, everyone is scared shitless of him all That's the right. time. It, there's nothing he could, until he gets a, a big contract, Contract. Yep. everyone will be scared shitless of him forever. Yep. Uh, Davis Mills probably was the best looking rookie cornerback last <laughs> yeah, year outside exactly. of Mac Jones. Has He's not starting, going anywhere close has to Has the starting role still. Everybody's frightened as like the, shit. They are, yeah. they are apparently in love. It does not matter how many times the Houston Texans say they're in love with him. Doesn't matter. No one. Yep. No one cares. Um, Put your money where your mouth is and we'll buy yep. in. Yep. And then the other thing, and this is just something that I've decided to adopt this year, and I am admitting that I have no fucking clue what to look for in a quarterback. That's right. No clue. I am trusting the NFL because you know what? I hated Justin Herbert. I'm right. a fucking moron. <laughs> right. There's there's one or two of them every year yes. where it's like, wow, I man, he looks bad. I'm, Josh I'm Allen. Just, I, Josh Allen. I, I'm just going to believe the NFL. And also the fact that like, like it, it's a mix of I'm going to trust their opinion on these quarterbacks, whether or not I should, it's going to be better than mine. And then even if they're wrong, their value is still insulated to yep. the point where it's like, yeah. So I don't, I, yep. I don't disagree with anything that you said. I also love Garrett Wilson. He grew up an Eagles fan. Um, so I know my heart is going to oh. be crushed when he gets oh. drafted one pick before one of our picks. It's going to be great. And I'm yeah, going we'll to hate everything. Lower him um, in the rankings after this. Sorry about that. I didn't yeah, know oh, that. that. That's yeah, mean. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a more interesting conversation than I thought it would be when I first <laughs> had read it a couple hours ago. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but either way, that's uh, I think that's very interesting. Yes. Um, let's see. I know uh, what this one is. How, uh, from Pwingles again. Pwingles how tight are your pants now that CD is the wide receiver one? Read it Dallas. again. Read it again. I was talking how, over you. How tight are your pants now that CD is the wide is a wide is the wide receiver one in Dallas? And is he comfortably wide receiver three in Dynasty right now? Comfortably, I agree. Pwingles nails it. He's absolutely right. My pants are very, very tight, almost 
daily because of the CD Lamb ascension, the inevitable ascension. Yeah, I mean, this is this is fun. I mean, you know, those of us who really appreciate the player that CD is and you know, I mean, I don't know that he's the best receiver in the league. I'm not saying anything like that. You know, he's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, I think, in terms of talent. I'm not don't think he's the the apex predator in all the league, but he's a damn good receiver who was, you know, 21, 22 and playing alongside a guy getting paid, uh, you know, $20 million, who's a pretty elite level player in his own yeah. right, um, you know, and Amari Cooper, and still balled out. And I think now's his opportunity to show. And look, this is kind of not a make or break, but definitely a make uh, himself elite or make himself just a good player. Like this is I mean, going to yeah, be a third year for a wide receiver in the, yeah. per, in the best situation you could ask for. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It, it's, it's certainly a, that in that way, are you elite? It's make or break, right? You know, it, it's going to be hard for him to, to say I'm an elite wide receiver if he's not elite this year. Right. So yeah, yeah it's kind of one of those opportunities, but you know, I, 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 I still think I'd be somewhat skeptical about putting too much, you know, in one basket, we certainly had the infamous, you know, um, Jordan McNamara back and forth, which in a lot of ways I agreed with, him. you know, I mean, it, you know, I didn't take a wide receiver at the top of, I don't have CD lamb in the recent startup. I did. I have Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. You know, I, I don't have CD lamb. I didn't take him. Um, so it's not that I don't think he's great. It's that I do also agree with the notion that these, you know, top tier wide receivers are not always the best bet to return the value because, you know, if he's the wide receiver 10 in redraft, like, you know, in, in fantasy points, it's like, oh, well, that, that didn't win me shit. You know, that doesn't win you anything. You need Cooper Cup season uh, to really win you anything from the wide receiver position. Otherwise, you just need a bunch of good wide receivers. Well, he's definitely one of those. And if you drafted him in your rookie draft at pick 108, then fucking hallelujah. This is great. Hold on to CD Lamb and ride him. Unless you can get a King's Ransom for him, then trade him. That's also a fine move. You know, you get DJ Moore plus a 23 first plus this, that, and the other. Sure, rock on. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited for, for CD and, you know, one of my favorite players uh, in, in the NFL. So excited to watch him have a great season. So, yes, your pants are very tight. Very tight. Um, next up, I think I'll just hit this one real quick. Uh, is from GWR, member of uh, the Listener League uh, that we do. Um, And he wants to know, is Wentz a starter after this year? (laughs) And, man, I got to tell you what, um, I don't (laughs) think so. He might not be a starter this year. Yeah. um, Man, I I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about him. But if you read the Jim Mersey comments that have come out in the past, like, 24 to 48 hours from the league meeting, Man, I don't know what he did in Indianapolis, but nobody liked him there. Like, Ursay was like, it was a devastating mistake, and we just needed to make sure that we, like, we just needed to rid ourselves of it. Wow. Like, if you read those comments, they are damning to him. All the stuff we talked about last week in the Evan Silva pod about his personality, it has so little to do with his ability to play football. It is all the off the field stuff, but in such a way that I feel like we barely ever see. It's not, you know, the Deshaun Watson or the Tyreek Hill type of off the field stuff. It's this dude doesn't know how to take coaching and his teammates don't like him. It's super weird. <laughs> He's just I, a douchebag. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, I truly don't. I, it is it is perplexing 
for and this is the guy I I loved him. He was my favorite player in the NFL. Um, a lot of the stuff that's been coming out lately, especially during that Super Bowl run and the fight he had with a uh, you know the mighty mouse Darren Sproles. Um, I don't feel that way anymore, but. I'm going to say probably not because I think that Washington probably drafts a quarterback either this year or next year. And at some point, Carson Wentz is not going to be worth the money and he's not going to be worth that egg. Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield seem like the same sort of prototype, which is just (laughs) douchebags. You know what I mean? Like, like one of them, Baker's, uh, Baker's teammates love him. Do they? It's like Baker is like Odell Beckham's uncle showing the the clip I mean, reel yeah. of him being wide open i don't know i'm just saying That's like do no, they but, love him but like I mean, baker i don't you're not surprised do. about baker yeah baker is outwardly a douchebag yeah carson wentz is outwardly like i praise god all the time and like it, 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 it's it's just so bizarre Normally, when we have a douchebag quarterback, it's Johnny Manziel or it's Baker Mayfield, and we know it and we see it, and they're drafted by the Browns. But I, we don't see it. like we as an audience, we don't see this side of Carson Wentz seemingly ever, and yeah. it's just very, very bizarre to know that it was that detrimental. Well, and so know. many teams took a shot on him. I mean, you know the the yeah. the 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 narrative was out there. I mean, certainly in league circles, as you point out, because like. You know, you mentioned last week on the pod where, you know, there were some articles written from some of the Philly guys. And, and, and now yeah, the, before he left. Too. Yeah, exactly. And now the Colts, you know, have, have come out and said it. And yet the the, Red, the Redskins, Jesus, the commanders, commanders, fuck them. Yeah, football team, whatever. I just, this I like is ridiculous. football team better. We can't, yeah, football team. But the, the Washington douchebags, uh, maybe it's a good fit, you know? I mean, actually, yeah. That's their next, that's 2023. That's on the. That's on. They, the, really, they should honestly just switch it every year. At, the, at this point, of course they should. Why not? Yes, I mean they're, they're going downhill. That's all I know. It's commandos. God damn it! Ridiculous. I know it's the commanders, um, but I'm calling them the commandos for the rest. I of the actually kind of like. I I hadn't heard that one before. I'm gonna stick with it. I like that. Yeah, commandos. That's good. Yeah, fuck them. Um, listen, that's a show. That's a show. I mean. We're running out. We got nothing more to say. It's we're gonna get back into some rookies. We're gonna get a, some guests on. Glad we had this little little mailbag. Tons of fun. Uh, we had Michael P. Duncan making me smarter, making me look good. Thank you, Michael P. Duncan. Thank you for having me. Of course. And on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of my guest and producer, Michael P. Duncan. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out.